You are listening to Faith Church's sermon from this week. We are a church that is committed to loving Jesus for life and loving others to life. We hope that this message encourages you to follow Jesus with your whole heart. I once heard about a bumper sticker that says SQ, um, and I'm going to try to say this word, obfuscation. If you don't know what that means, it's on the screen for you this morning, this evening. I'm going to say this morning, so just act like it's evening. It's a confusing way of saying, avoid confusion. Here we are a week away from Christmas, literally, and we're surrounded by all the sights and sounds of Christmas, the songs, the lights, the Christmas trees, the gifts, and I love all of that. But it's so easy to get caught up in the activities of Christmas that we lose sight of the meaning of Christmas. In the next few minutes, I want to, for us to be reminded through God's word who Jesus is and why he came. And it's my goal to make this less confusing. I want to keep it simple and I want to keep it clear. And What's about to be read for you is John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and then verses 9 through 13. And in those scripture passages, I will tell you that there is so much theological truths that I'm not even going to try to cover them tonight. I'm simply going to give you the clear indication of what the writer John was going after. Because the reality is, is is that I could spend a lot of time on a lot of these verses. But I think we need the simple solution of Jesus this evening, not the complicated solution of Jesus this evening. So give your ears to Ruth Aquiline as she comes and reads John 1, 1 through 5, and 9 through 13. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And now verses 9 to 14. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Thank you, Ruth. In his gospel, John doesn't say anything about Mary or Joseph. You notice that. Or baby Jesus being born in a stable. Instead, John begins with a mind-boggling theological truth about Jesus that is essential for us to know if we're going to understand why or who Jesus is and why he came. Jesus echoes the opening, or excuse me, John echoes the opening words of Genesis 1, in the beginning. 
God created the heavens and the earth. He does so to let us know that Jesus was with God in the beginning, before time began, and was God. Everything created was created through him, and nothing was created without him. And at Christmas time, we celebrate Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, entering the world as a man. God came to earth as a man. And the reason Jesus came is explained in verses 1 through 4 through 5. Here's what it says in verses 4 through 5. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It has not mastered it. That word overcome is, is a part of a theological discussion that goes on for oh, 30 pages in the commentary that I used to describe this. But the reality is, is that the, the, the best word that could be fit in there is, is that the darkness has not mastered the light. Hasn't controlled it. The light has mastered the darkness. Jesus came to bring the light of life to a death-darkened world. That was his goal. That was his pursuit. That was his mission. And so we learn a few things about Jesus along the way in these scripture passages. In verses 1 through 5, we learn that Jesus is the light of life. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. About Him nothing was made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, again, mastered it. Odds are that some of us are going to get at least one gift that you'll have no use for. <laughs> And I can almost tell you who will be giving me that gift. But I won't say it because she might be watching the live stream tonight. <laughs> Love you, Mom. We all know what it's like to open a gift and you want to look grateful. But you can't help to wonder, what do I do with this? It'd be like me giving, getting a 10-pound fruitcake. I know some people love fruitcake. I think Craig Hevelo loves fruitcake. I personally do not like fruitcake. And I'm going to wonder when I open up a fruitcake, what exactly am I supposed to do with this? Now I know what I can do. I can wrap it up and give it to Craig. Someone might wonder that about what Jesus came to bring. We might wonder, what do we do with this? The light of life. What do I need that for? I'm alive, I talk, and I laugh, and I cry, and I work, and I play, and I live. But the life Jesus came to bring is different than that kind of life that we see in the people at the mall or at work. I don't know about you, but I'm a people watcher. Michelle's the shopper of the family I'm the one that sits on the couches provided by Berkshire Mall. I appreciate them. And watch people walk. And watch people interact with one another. And sometimes watch some pretty hopeless people go through the motions of Christmas. 
they wonder, why did Jesus do this for me? I mean, I have life. But they're spiritually dead. Because of sin, we are born dead to God and under his judgment. There's nothing we can do about it. When Craig Kindig married Lynette Kindig, and won't get graphic this evening, but, and had Brett Kindig, Craig Kindig was a sinner, and Lynette Kindig was a sinner, and they can't make a perfect baby. When your mom and your dad got together, they can't make a perfect baby. Because we're all starting at the same location. Sinners, born of sinners. The Bible says no one is righteous, no, not even one. The world is in a spiritual darkness, we're spiritually blind, which is why God can seem unimportant to us. We're so spiritually blind that many people care more about things like the stock market and everything else than they do about God in their lives. Stock market crashes, we start to get a little frantic. Jesus says he's coming back and we seem not to care. It's harsh, it's hard. But that's why he was the light of life. We can't see what we can't see. Jesus came to bring the light of God to a sin-sick souls. He opened blind eyes and he taught about God the Father and he healed the sick and he called the outcasts to follow him. And he asked them, or he said to them, I died on the cross to pay for the sins of all who trust in him. Having a relationship with Christ brings sight to our souls. Having a relationship with Christ does not mean having a perfect life. It's something that we have been taught from time to time that, that those two go hand in hand, and that is not true. The reality is, is that the Apostle Paul had a pretty good cushioned life before Christ called him. Then he spent days in crashed boats. He spent days being persecuted and beaten for his belief. But here's the point of this evening's scripture passage. The darkness can't master the light. Darkness and light are at opposites but they aren't equal opposites. You can't turn on a light, even a small light shines in a lot of darkness. But you can't turn on the darkness. Darkness cannot master light. Darkness is the absence of light. Let there be light and the darkness is overcome. So the light of Christ came so that he could overcome and master the darkness in this world. And one thing we know from the Gospel of John is, is that his light will always shine. But that doesn't mean that his light won't be refused by many. Number two is many will deny the light going on that. 
The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born, a prophet named Isaiah predicted the coming of the Messiah in chapter 53. And he opens with these words. Who has believed our message to whom the arm of the Lord has been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. It's Jesus, rejected by men. Jesus made the world, but the world would reject him. Jesus was the God of the Old Testament who called Israel. Um, Jesus was the God of the Old Testament who called Israel and set them apart as a nation for God. But when he came to them, they rejected him. To this day, many will reject him because they prefer the darkness to the light. See, there's no judgment in darkness. If I stay in darkness, no one sees me, technically. God does. But if I come into the light, now I have accountability. And the judgment is this. In John 3.19, it says, The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Jesus is the true life, but people love darkness rather than light because the deeds, because again, their deeds were evil. Guilty consciences hate the light because it exposes sin. Secrecy is one of the forms of the darkness that comes in. There's a story of Jean Ann Cohn who had a secret. It was a secret that she kept for many years from her millionaire husband, Doug Cone. She had a secret fund called the Cone Charity. And when people wanted to adopt animals but couldn't afford it, she told the veterinarians to charge it to the Cone Charity. But just don't tell Doug. <laughs> but Doug had a secret of his own that didn't come out until shortly after Jean died. You see, for nearly 30 years, Doug Cone, a millionaire, had lived a double life. He had two families living less than 20 miles apart from each other. Neither family knew anything of the existence of the other family. No one guessed how much Doug Cohn was hiding in darkness. See, the point of the story is the Bible says that the human heart is wicked and deceitful above all things. We like to hide things. Every last one of us. If there are a way to shine the light on everything you have ever done or ever thought or ever said, can you imagine? I had a buddy of mine that used to go to seminary with me back in the day, and he and I used to say, can you imagine if all of our thoughts were put on the jumbotron at Raven Stadium? 
I mean, that stadium's Jumbotron. If you've never been there, I have been there. That is huge. It makes these things look like, you know, 20-inch TVs. And we used to say to each other, could you imagine if somebody hooked up to our brain? First of all, that's a scary thought. But second of all, can you imagine if in the darkest secrets were put out for the entire world to see? You see, when Jesus' light comes into the life, that's what happens. However, it happens with the grace and the truth that Ruth read about earlier. The truth of the matter is, is that we have some pretty scary thoughts. The grace of the matter is, is that Jesus paid for those on the cross. Jesus again said, this is the judgment. One day no one will be able to hide from the light. Jesus didn't come to judge us, but to save us. And that, that brings us to the great good news that in this passage, and is the great good news we celebrate at Christmas, number three, and that is everyone who receives Jesus becomes a child of his Father. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. Because of sin, we are born into spiritual darkness and death, but by receiving Christ by faith, we are born again as children of God, adopted into his family, with every right that is given to every one of his children. Only Christ could accomplish this, our best works could never, ever, ever earn heaven for us, but Christ, by dying in our place and by paying for our sin, makes it possible for us to come to the light and not be judged by it, but be forgiven by God. We are born again, not by flesh or a will of a man, but by the will of God. Through Christ, God saves us adopts us, and then he does this great thing called transforms us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son or the daughter that he loves. So who is this Jesus? And what did he come to do? Well, the most famous scripture passage kind of nails it for us. For God so loved the world that he gave freely his son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Christmas is so much more than a baby in a manger. Christmas is so much more than a well-decorated house, of which I have, if I may say so. It's so much more. It's God the Father saying to every one, last one of us, you can be a part of my family. You don't deserve it. You've done nothing to earn it. But I give it to you through my son.
So what is your response to Jesus? You know, I feel a little like I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but sometimes the choir needs Jesus just as much as everybody else. So will you receive him? Have you received him or have you refused him? Maybe you've said those words, I don't need him. Or you will believe in him and ask him to save you, forgive you, and make you a child of God when the time is right. The time is right right now. Maybe you have lived in darkness and you found yourself struggling and you need to find the light. Please know the darkness will never master the light. If there's something I want you to take home tonight from this message, it's that point. Because so many times we can look at the Christmas story and we can look at our world and say, we are going in the complete opposite direction. And I know I can do the same. (laughs) More than I'd like to admit. I can poo-poo the world, look at all the darkness and say, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? But the one thing that John 1 is so clear on is, is that it may look like the darkness has mastered it. It may appear that the darkness has mastered the light. But it will never master the light. And so maybe you are here tonight and you've already received the light. Praise the Lord. Would you let it shine through you? Would you continue to allow it to shine in a world that so desperately needs to get out of the darkness and into the light? Let's pray together. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to hear your words to hear john chapter one to hear the the theological truths yet simple truths that you will not be mastered by the darkness the light will always shine and we're so glad for it help us lord whether we are here tonight and we have not received the word and not received him as Lord and Savior, or we're here tonight and we have. Lord, help us to let our light shine in this dark world. Help us to be reminded that the light will not be extinguished, that you will shine for eternity. For Lord, it's in your name we pray this all. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it encouraged you in your walk with Christ. You can find out more about Faith Church at wearefaithec.com. 